back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez along with Cecile Munoz. And today we're taking a dive into courage and gratitude. Two heavy subjects, but uh, Cecile, first of all, I want to uh, thank our, our listeners. We're very grateful for them returning to us each and every week for another podcast. Absolutely. And we are very grateful for their feedback and their comments and Mm -hmm. their topic ideas, which we are very excited to tackle. And I'm really happy that we're doing Courage and Gratitude. Um, It's something that I wasn't consciously thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it because as we're working through COVID and as we're working through all the challenges in my office with my team, in our meetings, in our staff meetings, we talk about what we're doing for clients, but also Mm -hmm. taking the moment to see how we're all doing and how we're handling things. We talk about topically what's happening in the media. And I know that I always end with, we're gonna get through this, we're gonna move forward. And And it's not easy, right? It's not not easy easy to convince people who may be- Afraid. Afraid scared um, that things are going to be okay. Correct. And what I realized that essentially what I asked of my team to do, and certainly what I ask of myself, is to have courage every Mm -hmm. day, to have courage Mm -hmm. to talk about what scares us, to to share that openly with others, and to choose to say, whatever comes at me, I'm going to tackle. So Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, this is something that we don't think about. Because, you know, really, when we think about courage, I asked a lot of people, what does that mean to you? How do you define it? They were the majority of the people that talked about courage, it was really associated to something really dramatic or something really shocking. Um, they talk about the military and, and the soldiers. Mm-hmm. They're courageous. They talk about doctors and nurses, which right. we see being courageous. But I realize that most of us think about courage, certainly within ourselves, only in moments of, of acute stress or, right. or acute danger. And right. I don't think that's the case. When we're put in some sort of situation. But these days, really, just getting up every day getting out of bed, starting the day, leaving the house if you have to, that takes courage. And we see those little small moments where where you can be courageous. Absolutely. A scientist, uh, and there's lots of research on this as we started diving in, it, mm-hmm. was, it was amazing to find this world. This is why I love this podcast so much because there's this entire world of information and of data and of research on courage specifically and also on gratitude. Mm-hmm. And of course they t- attack it from a neuroscience perspective and how some people's brains are structured to to access that a little bit easier than others. But the bottom line is that um, courage to we human beings mm-hmm. must be courageous to survive in this world every day. Sure. And to your point, Juan, courage really is about facing anything that scares you, something that frightens you, something that you're uncomfortable with. And it could be something very small. Most people are afraid of public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. To, to overcome that is very courageous. If you look at the dictionary definition of courage, um, it is listed as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, and other things without fear. Mm-hmm. So it's something that simple. And especially in a time of a pandemic, and economic crisis. We are being asked to be courageous mm-hmm. every day. Our children are being asked to be courageous. We're looking at sending kids back to school. Irrespective of their age, they may not know how to articulate that, mm-hmm. but they are being asked to be courageous. And even as adults, Cecile, I know I've had moments where I've been asked to do something and I mm-hmm. agree to it, then I start to stress about it, perhaps a, a public speaking engagement or hosting something. and for the longest time I'm stressing about it, I get nervous about it, still get nervous about it, 
But once I push through it, when I come out on the other end, there's so much satisfaction that I did conquer that. Mm -hmm. So finding that courage um, to do it um, is something that, that brings me a lot of satisfaction. And I know a lot of people that may be put into these situations also find satisfaction that they could, uh, you know, beat beat the mm -hmm. enemy or beat the the inner saboteur. Yeah, the thing that you yeah. fear the most. And so when we started thinking about courage mm -hmm. and we, we asked ourselves, well, where does it come from? As I was talking to people, they were saying, well, Cecile, I don't know why I'm this way, I'm just that way, or I don't know when I all of a sudden I become strong. So the interesting thing is that courage, if you think about it as a muscle, it is something that you can exercise and flex and make right. stronger every day. We talk about this a lot in our podcast because courage is not an intellectual concept. It's not born out of cognitive ability. You you can't be really intelligent and therefore you'll be really courageous. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that comes from intelligence. It is not something also that you can learn in a classroom. It is truly something that you have to experience. And to your point, it has to be something that you try every day. Every day you should look at things that scare you just a little bit, that mm -hmm. maybe makes you a little bit uncomfortable and push yourself past that. And they don't have to be the big significant things because when you start with the little things, mm -hmm. that's going to prepare you to tackle the big things in life and, mm -hmm. and put you in a position where you feel stronger every day. And there's a lot of benefit. There's a lot of scientific proof about the benefits that you derive as a human being by mm -hmm. choosing to be courageous, choosing to push past what scares you. And we've heard a lot of motivational speakers I know in mm -hmm. the past say, every single day, do something that makes you feel just a little bit uncomfortable, yes. something outside your box, because yes. you're talking about feelings. You do feel very accomplished if you do tackle something that may have scared you in the Correct. past. Correct. And it could be an exercise class. Mm -hmm. It could be standing. Uh, I know the gyms are closed now, but it could be thinking about jumping into a class, but you think, mm -hmm. oh gosh, it's so hard, or I don't have rhythm, or I can't do that. And challenging yourself to try being in the classroom or being in that environment where you you, you can visually see yourself maybe not as, as skilled as the people around mm -hmm. you, but you have the conviction in yourself. You have the desire to do it. You believe in yourself and you push yourself and you stay in it until you're completed that causes a lot of good feelings that your brain sends out but it also teaches you it stays tucked in the back of your mind the next time something challenges mm -hmm. you you access that resource of you of, do of a bank that you created in yourself that says i can and i will push forward it makes me think of something when i was very young i was mm -hmm. taking a uh, swimming lessons with the american red cross and to graduate to the next level you had to dive off the diving board yeah, that's Tread scary. water for, I think, 30 seconds uh -huh. and then swim to the side of the pool. Something very simple. As an adult, I can definitely do that. But when you're 12 years old, 11 years old, I was so petrified of it. The whole week leading up until that simple dive into the pool and swimming to the side, mm -hmm. I was so nervous. I was so anxious. But I could even see myself today standing at the edge mm -hmm. of the diving board and looking at the water. It wasn't even that far down, but I took a dive. I tread water for 30 seconds and I and I swam to the end of the pool. I felt so accomplished as a kid. And and you do later on in life could access that memory and yes. say, hey, I did this. I can do this again. So Juan, the fact that you could still see the bottom of the pool mm -hmm. now at, at your age, mm -hmm. that tells you how scared you were as a kid sure. to, to do that. Um, it's interesting. I didn't know you were a swimmer. I'm a swimmer myself. I actually was a lifeguard when I was a young kid in the very small town that I grew up in. I was a lifeguard much sooner than I was technically allowed <laughs> to, but my brother was the town manager and sure. I needed to make money because I, I helped out my family financially. So 
I, I remember um, I was a very strong swimmer. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was a lifeguard and a teacher, but I was a really young kid, and we had a program where we helped. Um, we taught, taught swim lessons, and we had a very large Hispanic population mm-hmm. and predominantly a population that didn't speak English very well, and I speak Spanish, so it was not a problem. One session, in comes a, a, a a woman with her child and she and I knew her I had taught her two or three other kids and she said I really want you to do this you might not going to want to but I really need you to because we're putting a pool in our house and her son um, who I still remember his name his name was Seth was nine years old and he was deaf and he mm. was blind mm. oh my goodness I'm going to tell you that I was not even 15 right you're supposed to be 16 when you teach uh, or to be a lifeguard but I was not even 15 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was younger than that, and I was so scared to do that. I thought, who am I? I'm a, that's when all of a sudden I was a kid, and what am I going to do? And it was very scary. But to look at this little boy who was so desperately trying to be normal, to do things with his brothers and sisters, the mother is sitting there saying to me, I cannot have a pool. I want my child to be able to to save himself if something horrible happens. So I was, I studied, I researched. Back then you had to go to the library and do this sure. research. I talked to very experienced lifeguards and I was able to teach this child mm. how, first and foremost, how to overcome his fear, how to trust me and how to be able to to feel comfortable being in the water. And the truth of it is most children who, who die in a swimming pool, mm-hmm. um, especially those who cannot see, are they, they die very close to the edge they get disoriented and they don't sure. know where, where to find the edge of the pool. So for me to overcome such a scary event and then to do it in conjunction with helping a child completely trust me and overcome that event, I didn't think it was courageous. Um, I just thought it was something that I needed to do because I put myself in, in the shoes of, of a mother. And that is the another beautiful aspect of having courage because mm-hmm. courage is not someone who's a daredevil. Sometimes people say, oh my God, he's so brave, he bungee jumps off buildings. Right. That's not courage. It's in the smallest things. Correct, but mm-hmm. it's courage, true courage, is when you do something because you born out of either your belief system or what you find important to you or for the greater goodness of others. Courage has to have a vector. Courage has to have a purpose and a mission. And true courage is when you do it because it is something that needs to be done. Uh, Truly courageous people don't do it because they're going to get a lot of accolades or they're going to get admiration or they're going to be popular or they're going to get likes. And they also don't stop themselves from doing it because they're going to be criticized. Courageous people, Mm -hmm. people who choose to be courageous, do it because what needs to be done is something they find very important. And that's very rewarding to you as a human being. In in the story of uh, The Wizard of Oz, of course, the cowardly lion was wanting courage and it was the wizard who told him you had the courage all along but it's it's not that simple for a lot of people you could actually develop courage you can yes. actually work on that aspect of your yes, life right yes and and there's a lot of benefit as we said mm-hmm. to being courageous uh, first and foremost people who are courageous are higher in self-esteem they have higher confidence why because one begets the other. Mm-hmm. The more confidence you have, the more and more self-esteem you have, the more you you push yourself and trust yourself and have the courage to do things that scare you. Mm-hmm. And the more you do things that scare you, the more self-esteem and the more confident you become. So it's it's a self-feeding 
um, action, um, right. which is very beneficial to you. The other is you are more open to experiences. You are able to experience different things in life. You have um, the opportunity to, to have a more enriched life. And lastly, it makes you more adaptable. It mm-hmm. makes you more capable to handling challenges and and shifts in life and of course all of us are going through that now even on a normal basis we deal with a lot Mm -hmm. of challenges and adversity and and change in our life and by choosing to take action and be courageous you're able to be much more prepared to dealing Mm -hmm. with things that come your way in life i wonder if age has anything to do with it because i remember when i was younger i was talking about uh, jumping off uh, an airplane uh, (laughs) with a parachute on my back and doing all these things and today, not so much. I'm not interested. So I'm, I'm not it's as courageous as, <laughs> well, as I thought I would be. Yes, but you also have a mortgage and you also work hard and you're also, that yeah. that takes courage, right? Yeah, that takes sure. courage to, to, to have a life that we have. So it's interesting that you say that. Um, and you're talking about an aspect that is something that we have to work on to become more courageous. So some of the tips that specialists share and scientists share on how you can become more courageous is by first and foremost acknowledging the fear itself because the more fearful we give become of something, the more we think about that thing, the bigger it gets. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we give it energy, we give it power. Sure. We it, When you were talking about preparing to do something or speak in an event that you uh, were not sure about, when you were walking on to the the diving board, the closer I'm sure you got to the diving board, the bigger the pool got. Sure. Because you were thinking about it. So one of the recommendations is to not give that fear, whatever is that point of fear, that much power to to think about it as, well, what is the worst case scenario? And realize that you have ways to survive that. For you jumping off of the pool, you were not there by yourself. You were, your mm-hmm. swim instructor was there. There were You were going to overcome that. You were going to survive that. But as children, we don't have a lot of data or a lot of voice in our head that says, well, if you do that, you're going to risk this or you're going to look silly. With When we're children, we, we don't have that constant conversation going on in our head that says, why are you going to do that? You're going to be silly. That's your parents' job. That's to tell you you're going to fall, yes. you're going to scrape your knee. Correct. It's not good for you to do something like that. Correct. We're, mm-hmm. we're brave because we don't know any different. Right. And so if you can set yourself back into that state as of wonder when you were a kid that says, of course I can do it. And when sure. you're a kid, they asked you what you wanted to do when you grew up. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to, and you were going to mm-hmm. be 10 different things. Mm-hmm. And you didn't understand why you couldn't do it. No fear. No fear. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is in its sense, courage. As parents, you're right. We have to teach the children you know, don't do X, Y, and Z because it could have negative consequences. So as a grown-up, think of having a lifetime of telling yourself, don't because. So how right. do you unwind that? And how do you use those conversations or that self-talk in a positive way but know how to turn it off when it's working against you? Yeah, I remember a time years ago, this is the the stock market, you might remember, the stock market crash that mm-hmm. happened a long yes. time ago. I had a good friend who was uh, very um, into day trading, and she told me, you need to invest in these two stocks. So I took that year's um, income tax refund, mm-hmm. and I threw it into the market. Well, my money quickly dwindled to, <laughs> to nothing. It, it disappeared. And that created such a scar on me um, mm-hmm. mentally mm-hmm. that that it's held me back from from jumping into um, that bef- that realm of me selecting stocks. But 
I would always admire so those people who would just go in feet first. They would just <laughs> they would dive right into it. And many times you do hear the success stories, and you're like, wow, they're so they're so courageous, and look how well they did. Cor- Other times, it's not you know. Correct. I think that when it comes to the stock market, obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of luck involved with that. Yeah. I think to be really successful in the stock market as a day trader yourself, you you have to invest as in everything in life, time and energy to educate yourself, to do the research. It doesn't happen automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you, to tread water and swim out of that pool, you had to invest time before sure. on learning how yeah. to swim. Um, and and it, it brings a really great point, Juan, if it looks really easy, then you're not looking deep enough mm-hmm. because nothing is easy. Nothing things takes work. Things uh, things take time and effort and energy and effort on your part. But you're right. Uh, many of us admire people that seemingly have the courage to reinvent themselves. You and I have a friend that he seemingly reinvents himself professionally every four or five years. Mm-hmm. Today he's a chef. Tomorrow he's a fashion designer. The next day he's... Uh, I don't know, um, hosting a show. And that's, I respect that. I respect the courage someone Mm -hmm. has to say, tomorrow I'm going to be somebody completely different and I can do it and I will and therefore he does. Um, But all of us can learn from that because as I said, to be human, to have the human experience requires a lot of courage. Um, In the work that we do, when we look at leadership, um, this is an aspect that we, we look at very closely. And the great news here is that leaders who are courageous tend to fare better in difficult markets because they have the confidence of conviction and the capacity to take action. They believe in what they believe. They've set a plan and they push forward. They, don't, they are willing to take the risk of being called crazy or um, uh, foolish, but they believe in what they're going to accomplish, and, and mm-hmm. many times they do. Um, but as I believe that we are the leaders and we are the stewards of our own life, mm-hmm. we have to be courageous in our own life. We can lead with that mindset of saying, if you if you stop and you and you trade off your self confidence for self aggrandizement for being told that you're wonderful, if you trade off being not seen as popular or cool or being ridiculed because you tried something that no one thought you should Mm -hmm. against what you truly believe in doing, then you are basically opting out of your own life. So you Mm. have to have the courage to be a leader in your own life Mm -hmm. and push forward and do the things that are important to you. And by being courageous, you affect those around you too. A leader that I truly admire, who Mm -hmm. I think is a great example of leading with courage is Mary Barr, who is a CEO of General Motors. Okay. Certainly a, a woman in very much a male-dominated world. When she no came, doubt, yeah. Yes, when she came in and took over GM, by anyone's account, the firm was under very severe financial constraints mm-hmm. and, and a very stressful time for the organization. And she came in and she made some very different changes. She made, by some people's account, very unpopular changes. And that took a tremendous amount of courage they all worked out for her. The firm turned around, they uh, achieved some significant success, they strengthened in the market, but it was not just her courage and her vision and her intelligence and her ability to put forth a great strategy, but it was the fact that she was able to influence people, to inspire people with her courage and with her vision and with her leadership to believe in her, to follow her, and to affect the change that 
uh, rendered this company in a much better place financially. But that took, again, someone to, to lead with courage with a purpose very visible that it was better not only mm-hmm. for the company, but for the individuals that were part of that company. And for those who worked with her, that growth, that yes. change that may have been uncomfortable for them in a business that had been running a certain way for so long. Uh, absolutely. To tackle that with courage, look at the outcome. Absolutely, especially for her team, for her mm-hmm. team to to embrace a new leader, a new leader who was coming in saying, we are gonna think very differently. Let's not forget that the leaders themselves when they ask that of their team, they're asking their team to be courageous. And that is a lot to ask of a human being. As I, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I had to stop and think about what I was asking of my team. And mm-hmm. I had to take mm-hmm. a real humble piece of pie that day when sure. I realized that and then at the end turn around and be really grateful that my team trusted me, believed in me, and had the, the capacity to reach in after all that they're dealing with in their own lives and and give me more courage to continue down the path with our business. Mm-hmm. We as leaders, we as business owners, we as head of families, we have to stop and ask and be grateful and be thankful and respect that when we ask someone to believe in us and to trust us and especially follow us as, as, a, as a business owner, we're asking people to give us courage in a time where they may not have a lot to give. And mm-hmm. so we are very grateful for that and that is something certainly to respect and admire. And if you don't feel you're courageous, think about it, work on it. You could develop it and find it in a- yourself. Absolutely, because you know the root word of courage, interestingly enough, comes from a French word. And the word is cœur, which means heart. And mm. many scientists, many uh, experts in courage say courage comes from the heart. So that's why it can't be something for self-interest. It can't be something just to be a wow factor. Courage comes from a very deep meaning. Um, a poet who I, I love dearly and, and I respect the work that she, she did um, has this to say about courage. Uh, and I quote, courage is the most important of all virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue constantly. We can't be kind, true, merciful, generous, or honest. And I believe that. And when we have courage, we must be grateful. And that was Maya Angelou. That was Maya who Angelou. Who said that quote, which is so fitting for this podcast. Absolutely. And think about professions where people are very courageous. Mm-hmm. We talked about GM. But think about the doctors and the nurses. Think about all the essential workers, even the people working at a grocery store. The courage that they have to do to put themselves out there, to go every day to work, to bag our groceries or run the, mm-hmm. the department sure. so that all of us can have food to eat and, and have the ability to survive this. So for that, we're very grateful. And that leads us to the other part of this podcast that we want to talk about. We want to talk about gratitude mm-hmm. and why it's important and why, like courage, living a, a life with gratitude enables us to have a much deeper, more meaningful, and happier mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I know the times that I've been grateful for something, just taking a moment to find the silver lining in yes. something or to just reflect back on on where I am today as to where I was five years ago, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. It comes with a lot of positive, good feelings. And, 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 yes. and that makes a world of difference to me. And again, Juan, just like courage, you pointed out really small things. You know, you didn't say, well, I was on a plane, God forbid, and it almost crashed. And when I got off of the plane on the on the rubber yeah. you know, uh, staircase, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I fell to my knees and said, thank God I survived that. I'm yeah. grateful. You talked about little things. Sure. And, and most people are grateful when they they see that 
someone else is having a harder time in life and or mm-hmm. someone lost someone and you haven't and you say my god i'm so grateful that that's not me or i'm grateful that i still have a job and it could be in the big things and it could be in the smaller things but but gratitude uh, again there's a lot of research on that there's a lot of neuroscience information that provides us as to the uh, very nature of gratitude mm-hmm. but basically gratitude is they is defined in in two steps uh, from a cognitive process or a recognition process is one is realizing that there's good things in the world and number two realizing that that goodness Mm -hmm. comes from outside of you that it's not something that you did it's something that is there available for you yeah and i feel that when i'm aware of my gratitude it almost like affects every molecule in my body it's it affects the way I, I leave the house in the morning. It affects the way I see the day. Yes. Gratitude has so much power. Yes, because it actually does release certain chemicals mm-hmm. in your brain that mm-hmm. put you uh, that put you in a happier state of sure. mind, a calmer state of mind, and a happier state of mind. Uh, part of I do yoga. Um, part of yoga and meditation is being grateful, is acceptance of where you are, and being grateful for the strength that your body has, and and what you bring to, as they say, the mat that day and being grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunity to come back to the mat and practice yoga. Even those small messages that you give yourself are empowering. It it puts you in a position where you are better able to handle things coming at you in life. And it makes you happier and more um, appreciative mm-hmm. of and just, others. And just like courage, um, gratitude is something we can work on as well. We can build on that. Yes, uh, there's a, a, a professor, he's actually a doctor of psychology, Dr. Ed, Robert Edmonds mm-hmm. of University of uh, California at Davis. He launched uh, actually a, um, an organization, a group in 2011 that ex- expands the scientific research and practice of gratitude. And it's a, it's a wonderful organization if you want to, we'll put all of this up on our website in the resource part, mm-hmm. uh, page, excuse me. But they're tracking the benefits of of living a more present, more aware, mm-hmm. more grateful life, it actually makes your immune system stronger because you're having those positive thoughts and you're calming yourself down and you're being more present. And it also uh, certainly lessens depression and sense of solitude and sense of stress, again, especially in times of a deep stress or, or crisis. So we talk about the power of gratitude, Cecile. My question to you, and I'll answer as well, what are you grateful for today? Great question. I wasn't ready for that one, Juan. So today, this morning when I woke Mm -hmm. up, I was grateful that I didn't wake up with a massive migraine because I suffer from allergies. And it seems very self-serving, but I was grateful that I wasn't sick. I was grateful that I was feeling a little bit better. I knew that I needed to have the energy and the focus to do our podcast today. And I was grateful that I, I woke up feeling better. Mm-hmm. so that I could have hopefully a better day. What are you grateful for? Well, I've talked about this in other podcasts before. Uh, during this pandemic, I have not been sleeping very well. Mm. So today I was able to sleep past 8.30 in the morning. And I was so grateful when I woke up and saw the the, the time on my phone. I couldn't yeah. believe I had slept that long, which for a lot of people, 8.30 is, <laughs> is, 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 you know, not that late in the day. Yeah. Um, but for me, it felt like, I was so joyous about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm also grateful. Uh, I spoke to my my mom yesterday. She's doing okay. My sister and and my nephews are doing okay, which takes a lot of stress off of me Mm -hmm. having to worry about them. Mm -hmm. So 
those are two tiny things I'm grateful for. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's, and I saw a picture of your mom, and she looks great. She's, she's in her great. 80s, and she looks happy and joyful and mm-hmm. and in good health. And she also has to work on it, too, on yes. her courage and on her gratitude. And a lot of times I have to usher her on. So it's something that we can influence people and doesn't matter how old you are you can work on this absolutely and that's an important thing that you mentioned that uh, surrounding yourself with people mm-hmm. that give you that positive uh, energy that encourage you to be more mindful more positive more supportive again an interesting word encourage we all f- love it when we're encouraged and part mm-hmm. of the word encourage is it's courage, courage yeah. um, and I know you had to be there for your mother when you since you recently lost your father yeah. you had to help refine the path mm-hmm. back and I found positivity. my own courage, mm-hmm. having to take the reins of the family during that difficult time and plan funeral arrangements and get everything going and set my mom up and then flying back to Los Angeles and continue leading my life. So that was definitely a test for me. And what you said to me, that was um, a beautiful thing because you were at your father's side when mm-hmm. he passed. You said you were grateful, grateful for that. Mm-hmm. You were grateful for that. And I know your mom was grateful for that too. So that's mm-hmm. why it's important to to work on, yeah. on strengthening your courage mm-hmm. and expanding your capacity to be grateful. Yeah. I was very glad to be there when he passed. And, and, and looking back, I, I still can't believe I found the courage to be there. Yes. And during that very difficult time. But the gratitude I had to be there for him was worth every second that I was there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, my friend. So how do we improve our capacity for gratitude? Mm-hmm. How do we expand that? We can, just like courage is a muscle, we can mm-hmm. expand. And it starts with choosing to be in a grateful state of mind. Mm-hmm. If you're starting a meeting or you're starting your day, stop and say, my gosh, I'm grateful I don't have a headache. I'm grateful I got to sleep a little uh, bit more. Yes. Uh, start a meeting with talking about the positive things that are happening versus this is what's not working or this is a goal we're not achieving. And it's not really sugarcoating things. It's just deciding to start a meeting, to start a conversation with a positive aspect. And we can take that in ordinary conversations, mm-hmm. as we've talked about in another in another podcast, this cancel culture that we're in where it seems more popular it's a muscle we exercise faster to to talk negatively or to chastise somebody or call out somebody for what they're doing to choose to start a conversation even between two people Mm -hmm. talking about something positive even it's so good to see you I'm glad you're doing well that puts you in a different state of mind Mm -hmm. Um, there's very much uh, extensive research that shows that Having gratitude in a relationship creates greater engagement and creates greater connection. People are more attracted to you if they see you as as a grateful, positive person. People mm-hmm. are more uh, open to to engaging with you and hearing what you have to say and, and building a deeper relationship with you. And I think that, again, whether it's in a, in a professional setting or in a personal setting, choosing to exercise that form of gratitude, that form of positivity can be very rewarding mm-hmm. to your relationships. I've asked people in the past, what is it that you liked about me when you first met me? And a lot of times they say it's confidence. And I really didn't find myself being confident. But if you are grateful and you are thankful, that can make you come across as being confident, right? Absolutely. Very much so. Because you're coming from a positive perspective. You're Mm -hmm. coming from from a positive standpoint. It makes sense. Yes. And that leads us to our third point. Our third recommendation Mm -hmm. is to think about 
the entire impact that you make. Think of it being something that has um, almost a wave that, that moves beyond just the, the, the thing that you said or, or the way you presented yourself. Mm-hmm. When you are grateful, when you deal with people from a standpoint of gratitude and positivity, mm-hmm. the impact that you can make is much more uh, sustaining, whether it's just a conversation between two people or in a professional setting. In the corporate world, many of our clients talk about putting their clients first and doing things for the betterment of their clients. So the position in that they're grateful and privileged to take care of their clients. So when you think about that, you think about their mindset must be, we're doing this because we care about you. We're, we're grateful that you gave us the business and we in turn are going to take care of you. That creates a bond between consumer and company, but it's no different between two people. Mm-hmm. When you approach each other with honesty and integrity and a sense of gratitude for the exchange, it makes you, again, more connected to that individual. And it goes back to when you ask people, what what is it that you liked about me? What is it that you noticed? Right. They said confidence, but they had to like you as a person as well. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's a friendship, a business relationship, Correct. marriage. Correct. Um, if you appreciate each other and you have gratitude towards each other, it just deepens the, the bond, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, listen, I... I I know lots of people who are married and, and divorced, and I can tell you a lot of the the concerns that spouses uh, express is, I don't feel that I'm being appreciated. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he or she is grateful for the things that I do. And when people talk about the things, they, at least to me, they rarely are about the big things. It's right. just a simple thank you or, gosh, thank you for cooking dinner, or I appreciate you doing the laundry. It's, it's really those small things. I still do something uh, personally and professionally, and I know you know this, mm-hmm. uh, that is considered old-fashioned. I love getting thank you notes. <laughs> you sure do. I love sending thank you notes. I know mm-hmm. that I do. I still and you do. catch people by surprise when you do. It's like they're not quite sure what to make of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. First of all, they, they, they have a hard time reading my handwriting because, uh, you know, the way I write. But I know that certain generations don't even read cursive anymore. They don't mm-hmm. even know what that is. They don't even teach that anymore. But I still send out handwritten notes because I I want someone to know how much I appreciated whatever they did. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. I know that it's more common now to send a text or maybe a voicemail. Mm-hmm. I still am a little bit old-fashioned and send a, a nice thank you card. But even that is appreciated by people. When you do it out of from a genuine perspective, it is definitely appreciated. And people, in turn, feel gratitude while you're expressing gratitude. And that simple thank you note creates such a nice ripple effect. Yes. The gratitude goes so much further that they'll remember this way past That's right. the, that the card ev- being sent that singular uh, singular event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth is being more mindful. And the benefits of gratitude and mindfulness are very similar. Um, researchers call them the sister feelings or the sister uh, emotions. Harvard University conducted a research on mindfulness um, in the practice of mindfulness through meditation. And what they found is that in doing this and being more mindful through meditation, it actually shrinks and helps shrink the amygdala, which mm-hmm. is this gland in, in your head that is basically the center, as we've talked about before, your mm-hmm. flight or fight, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's it's where the those emotions come in, the anxiety and the stressors, and it actually helps reduce it. So therefore, allowing you to be less reactive, to be less stressed and less anxious, you're you're calmer. So when we talk talk about how. How can we live a happier, healthier, more productive life where we feel that we're making choices in our life, that we are in control mm-hmm. of our life, that we have the resilience to handle whatever comes at us? Having gratitude, being mindful, having the courage to take action when we need to mm-hmm. take action, to push ourselves beyond those areas is really important. The benefits are psychological but also physiological you feel it in your body so once again cecile it goes back to awareness we've mentioned awareness in so many of our podcasts once again awareness is key because once you have the knowledge of what needs to change Mm -hmm. and the tools with which to change and the understanding of why the change is important you can begin to take the steps and that leads us to the last one which Mm -hmm. is a a great one and that is keep a journal keep a journal where you can really uh, list what what caused you to be grateful why you are grateful and becomes a way for you to not only release stress um, because you you talk about I'm grateful that everybody's okay in my family Mm -hmm. I'm grateful I still have a job but it also is a reminder for you of all the things that you have overcome of all the positive things that you have had in your Mm -hmm. life all the goodness in your life and you can look at it back and reflect like you would do a yearbook in high school and see how much change has happened and how many good things have happened and things that used to scare you and that you thought were big deals in your life Mm -hmm. and you overcame them and and who you are today is is a function of all of those choices that you made and if we make them with awareness and with confidence and with a deep desire to be a loving positive contributing member to in our own life and to those around us Mm -hmm. we make our own life better and the world a better place and that's why this matters because as the world continues to hurl so much challenge at us as we push ourselves through this pandemic with kindness and responsibility Mm -hmm. and compassion who we are on the other end of this will certainly be better place if we do it with courage and if we Mm -hmm. do it with gratitude and compassion for all of us around and for ourselves as well. And what's so great about uh, keeping that journal or or, or a diary, a daily diary, looking back at it, how many Mm -hmm. things uh, uh, you might remember writing in your diary when you were a kid, you read back and you're like, really, I was worried about that. Exactly. I I was I was worried about this or that. And um, you overcame it. What a great sense of satisfaction, right? Yeah, because you thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to achieve this. And now it just seems so simple. And that's the thing about about courage. And that's the thing about gratitude is you are able to look back and marvel of how truly strong we are, how truly resilient mm-hmm. we are, and how much happier we are in life if we appreciate all the things around us. And so, again, extend the the gratitude and the and and the positivity mm-hmm. to those people around you and the things around you, but also remember to give yourself a break and give those around you a break, and be kind and gentle, supportive um, when we don't measure up as we should. Well, we'd like to end this podcast on courage and gratitude by dedicating it to all the essential workers out there. You are very courageous during this very difficult time, and we thank you for that. You have our eternal gratitude. And that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com. 
to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great day because above all else, you matter.